0: We're in a series called getting there um how many of you here feel like you've arrived anybody no i i me neither i i feel like i'm so like done with wasting time but yet i still find a way to waste it anybody else (laughs) i'm so tired of making mistakes but i don't know they they still seem to find me no matter how well i try to hide Um, No matter how how much I think I've changed, I I realize that there's still so much work to be done. It's kind of exhausting to just think of how much work still needs to happen in my life. Um, I know you're probably waiting for that day too, for things to change in my life. Thank you for that. Um, But (laughs) I'm hoping I'm speaking from a place where you can identify with the work that needs to happen in your own. Uh, Hopefully that's what you're thinking. Yeah, me too. Uh, And not yeah, he really needs to change. Like, (laughs) I'm just about done with this dude. (laughs) But sometimes that's what it feels like. It feels like we're 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 like done with ourselves. I think we can sometimes get to a place where we're so legitimately like just tired of not being everything that we know we're meant to be there's this longing within us and this desire to be more and to do more. And and, and, and and this belief that we are more that sometimes just makes us just feel so worthless. And And I always think, God, is there a difference between being worthless and being unworthy? Because I understand what it feels like to to feel worthless. But I would much rather feel unworthy knowing that you're still blessing me. And, I, and, I, and recognizing that your love and your promises to me make me feel unworthy because I, I identify with all the things that I'm undeserving of because of who I'm not the way that you want me to be. And so I think that if you're feeling worthless today, I want you to know that that's not God. 100% that's not Him. But if you're feeling unworthy, I want you to make sure that you match that sense of unworthiness with the promise of his favor that comes on your life not because of who you are or who you're not but because of who Jesus always is. And because of who Jesus is and because of our faith in him and our trust in him and our wanting to journey with him and, and, and believing that no matter where we're headed he's, he's always with us He's gonna get us there and so even if I say Lord I'm unworthy I speak these words knowing that your favor is still upon us it is still on you his promises are still there Uh, I I'm, I'm someone who tries not to get lost But often I do. And and there are times where I'm intentionally doing everything I can to be focused on the destination, but sometimes I'm looking for directions in a place that is completely unknown to me. And I think when something is completely unknown, it it carries with it a certain measure of anxiety and worry and tension. Uh, And sometimes if you're traveling with someone, you're hoping that between the two of you, you can figure out where you're going, where you're headed. You can hopefully catch the signs that maybe one of you is going to miss, but the other one isn't. And, and, and you're leaning on that person so much more. And when, and when you fail and then that person fails, it can sometimes even erupt into an argument. It can erupt into a fight because now neither one of you has been useful to the other person. And sometimes it feels like when we're in a relationship with God, it feels like we're not in a useful relationship because we're not getting where we want to get to. And and there's times in our life when it's not just that it's unknown, but it's just that everything is new. We've never been here before. And, And other times it's because everything just looks the same. And, and I remember one time we, we had just recently gotten married and we were moving to this small town uh, right next to the border, and my wife was going to go and finish her master's in New York State, and, and that's why we had picked that town. And, and we had contacted our landlord and he said, well, you just come to our house and, 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 and we can pick up the keys to your place. And, and he says, I just want to warn you that's a little tricky. It's a lot of fields and you can't miss this turnoff that's like in the middle of the cornfields because if you miss it, you'll never find our house. And, and I remember like we're, we're driving in this beat up Volvo and no GPS, barely have cell phone reception. We just are driving down this dirt road. We don't know where we are. And, and we feel like we're in the movie, Children of the Corn. And if you've never seen it, <laughs> I'm telling you, don't! <laughs> You'll have nightmares for years. <laughs> I still can't get that out of my head. And all I could hear was my wife next to me, just panic. Where are we? What is this? This is so scary. We can't see anything. And I'm like, quiet. I can't miss this gap in the stupid cornfields. Otherwise, we will never find this house. And and because our car is so old the headlights are so dim you know when they get all scuffed and scratched up there's barely any light coming out of it like we can barely see a few feet in front of us let alone this turn off in the field that we're never going to find it seems i don't know how but we just put our faith and trust in god in those moments you just cry out to god jesus may we not die in this field may we find the left turn because there is no other way, because there's no other signs. Until finally, like we're driving and we see something, we turn down it, it's not it. We come back, get back on the road, keep going. We finally find something that it might be it. We're driving down this field between corn on either side and we finally start to see what looks like a house down in the distance, we get there, We get the keys, finally we made it. But then the problem is we've got to get back now. (laughs) It's like you think it's over, but it never is. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like there's still now another place to get to. And there's yet another challenge in front of you. And so it's kind of like that in life. It's like every time you think you've gotten it, you've arrived, well you still haven't. It's like we're just still trying to get there and the truth of the matter is is that in Exodus chapter 13 there's a story in which they needed to follow the signs out in Exodus 13 in verse 21 it says the Lord went ahead of them he guided them during the day with a, a pillar of cloud and then it says that he provided light at night with a pillar of fire And this allowed them to travel by day or by night. And then the scriptures say that, and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place. And here's the best part. It was always in front of the people. And I often wonder, like, why does it always feel like God isn't leading from the front? And, and I, I think that's a me thing. And, and that might be a you thing too, because I think our understanding is that God is guiding us, but it, also, it often feels like he's just guiding from behind. You know, like my landlord sitting in his living room waiting for me to show up to pick up the keys. You know, like, like, like it's a destination and the only way you're gonna get to the person and to the thing is, is by actually arriving there. But but the way God always explains it and describes it in the scriptures is that God only leads one way, and that's from the front. See, when I started to understand that, I started to change the way I was looking at my life. It started to change the way that I was looking at his guidance. It started to change the way I was looking at signs and, and the wonders he'd bring into my life. I started to understand that that God is a God who always leads from the front. He goes before us, always before us, always in front of us. He has to be in the front. And so then I realized that I'm either following God or I'm just going by myself. I'm making my own way, but I'm not following Him and His way. And I had to make that shift in my mind and in my heart. And then all of a sudden, when the moment that I did that, all of a sudden, God's signs started to become more clear. The Bible says that there are six things that we can count on when it comes to signs and guidance. The Bible says that, that God was so clear for His people that He made sure that He was always up and in front of them that they always knew where he was at all times. There was never any confusion about this. He made it so clear that he was either a cloud by day or fire by night. And he provided a contrast in the sky at all times, so that he could never be confused with just any random cloud. And he could never be confused with any random light. He had to stand apart, and anything that would question his uniqueness, it was clear this was not God, and he is not to be followed, and yet we live our lives always trying to figure out what the signs of God are. You ever notice that? Like, we're always confused about that. It's like, is this God, or is this God? was this you Lord or was this just like bad Chinese food like why did I dream this like what happened here God no offense to the Chinese or the food but because I love Chinese food but I just felt like I didn't want to attack pizza this morning I just but the idea is that we sometimes look at what we're going through and, and we're confused by it. anybody else Like, we're just not sure. And we're saying, is this a sign that I'm to follow? Is this something that I'm supposed to do? But why are we so confused all the time? And and I started to recognize and realize that what God does for his people is that he makes himself unmistakably known. And so here's what I've come to understand. If God hasn't made himself abundantly clear, then it's probably not God. And I got to stop making things that aren't God, God's guidance. See, the problem isn't that God hasn't been clear. The problem is I'm just trying to see God in places where he's not. Leading me to places where he's not leading me. Me having to kind of talk to people and spiritualize events and, and situations and circumstances and and signs and telling people that God is with me and guiding me when He's He's not doing that at all. You see, I, I find that we struggle with that because we feel like it's easier for us to say where God is than to say that He still hasn't made it clear where He's actually truly is and where He's actually leading me. And we can't have a problem with that. We can't have a problem with that. Because in the scriptures, it says that there are six unmistakable ways that we can know. The first is always through his word. And it's always shocking to me that people who need guidance the most are never reading the scriptures or even listening to it. Today, you don't even have to read anymore. You just got to listen. Lie there. Just let somebody else read it. Even in Morgan Freeman's voice, you can listen to it. You can pick anybody you want. And you just listen to the word in that voice. You can hear it in a Scottish accent if you want. You can, you can just do it in a woman's voice because maybe that resonates more. It doesn't matter. You can just listen to it. And, and it's shocking to me that today, people who are needing guidance and, 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 and needing help and trying to understand what the next thing is, never spend time with God's word. Here's the, what I know god when he wants to tell you something is going to speak through his word and he's going to keep confirming it through his word you're not going to hear it just once you're going to hear it twice you're going to hear it three times it's like every time you open the word of god it's going to say the same thing again in a different place with a different person but it's always god speaking to you through his word the second thing that he does is that he always has the ability to speak to us audibly and it's a voice that that supersedes any voice that is your own it's not your inner voice it's a voice that god just transcends every other voice it's not satan's voice it's not the world's voice it's not a person's voice It's not a a traumatic voice from the past or even a wise person's voice from the present. It's a voice that stands apart. And the Bible says that his voice is like the sound of many rushing waters. And when you hear God's voice, it stands apart. And you know this is not you. This is God speaking to you. Sometimes God actually speaks to you through other people. It's like you have a moment where not only they have said something that they possibly couldn't have known, but sometimes he uses the people that you most dislike in the world to say it. He can use anyone and anything to to speak to us, not just audibly, but through people. Whether we love them, respect them, whether we trust them, or whether we don't, it doesn't matter. God can use that. And then he says that he can also do it through dreams and visions. He can speak to us when we're asleep because when we're awake, sometimes our minds are just too busy. They're just too caught up in in, in the things that we're going through for us to be able to truly pay attention to what God wants to say. And then sometimes it's just an inner knowing. The Bible says that there's a certainty within us that even if we can't explain it, we just know that we know that we know. Has anyone ever felt that? It's like there was just no way to describe it to someone else. There was nothing else other than just that certainty that you just knew this was it. And sometimes it comes in the form of having to make a choice and you're like, I don't know what to choose. And then all of a sudden you just know. And it's not a choice anymore it's just obedience and I love it when God moves us away from a place where it's us trying to figure things out and us obeying him instead you see I I want us to understand what God does in leading us and guiding us and trying to get us there is that at, at some point it's no longer about choosing it's just about obeying that's why he leads from the front you see, you have to get to this place where you say, God, I don't, I don't want this to be a choice anymore, a choice that I get to make in my free will, and that you maybe have to fix along the way, that, that my detours can, can somehow still end up in being my destination. Lord, I don't want to do it that way. What I want to do is I want to obey you instead. Can we move away from a place where we're just making decisions to a place where we are followers of Jesus wanting to live in obedience? You see, the reason God wants to lead from the front is because when God leads from the front, all you have to do is follow God. It's not about the decisions you're making anymore. It's about obeying to the God who's already gone before you, who is in front of you, who's bringing you to the place that He knows is the best place for you. And so it doesn't make it about decisions anymore. It makes it all about obedience. And I want to get to that place where it's not about the decisions, it's about the obedience, first and foremost. But you know, often we're just always living in that place of decision-making, instead of transitioning into that place of pure obedience and letting God lead from the front. And look what it says in Exodus 14:24. Uh, but just before dawn, it says, "The Lord looked down on the Egyptian army just as they had left. Uh, Egypt. right from the start it's amazing to see that God is leading them so when when Moses leads them into the desert uh, the cloud and the fire appear immediately it's with them as soon as they leave Egypt and and, and a lot of us don't know this and I'm not sure why but maybe it's because it's not depicted in the movie probably (laughs) but if we read it all of a sudden we see that there is a pillar of fire and cloud and look at this he threw their forces into total confusion. So as the Egyptians were following, what is God doing? He's throwing them into confusion. And how's he doing it with? His presence. And so, I don't know if you get this, but God doesn't just lead from the front. God protects us on the journey. He protects you. And whoever's pursuing you As you're following God, God is going to throw them into confusion so that you stay protected. Isn't that beautiful? You're protected on the journey. God is protecting you. So God not only protects you, but look at what it says in Numbers 9, verse 21. It says, sometimes the cloud stayed only, look at this, overnight, and then it lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, Then the people broke camp, and then they moved on. And then whenever the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for like two days, a month, or a year, look at this. The people of Israel stayed in camp, and they did not move. And but as soon as it lifted, they broke camp, and they moved on. And so they camped, and they traveled at the Lord's command, And they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. And so what we see here is that when God moved, the people moved. They didn't move until God moved. And it said sometimes they would just stay there overnight. Sometimes it would be two days. Sometimes it'd be a week. Sometimes God wouldn't move for an entire year. And yet I see such anxiety in us as followers of Jesus. I see such worry and concern when in the Scriptures it's clear sometimes God did not move for an entire year. And, and until God moved, that everyone was not to move. When God moved then everybody broke camp and moved because God only leads from the front. And when he leads from the front, he protects you from the enemies at the rear. And when God stops for the night, it's because it's not safe to travel at night. When he moves in the day, it's because you can travel by day. But sometimes... He wouldn't move during the day. He would only let them move at night. And he would repeat this over and over again. God didn't just appear in the night so they would have light. He also would appear day and night when it was time to move. You see, God's presence provides guidance, it provides comfort, but it above all also provides safety for us as we travel. Why do you want to move during the day when God is telling you to stay put? Why do you want to move at night when God is telling you this is not the time to move? See when God moves, he's protecting us both day and night. He's protecting us from the front leading us to where we need to go, but he's also protecting us from the rear, from the enemies that are pursuing us, from the enemies that are in front of us and from those that we're leaving behind. You see, God is always with us. And in the book of Nehemiah, it says this. In chapter 9, verse 19, it says, because of your great compassion, it says, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. By day, the pillar of cloud did not fail to guide them on their path, nor the pillar of fire by night to shine on the way that they were to take. It says that you gave your good spirit to instruct them. You did not withhold your manna from, your, from their mouths. You gave them water for their thirst. And for 40 years, you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing, and their clothes did not wear out, nor did their feet ever become swollen. You know why Nehemiah prays this? Because he's reminding us that we can pray the promises of God. That we can say that the promises of God remain the same. He's able to do this because any and every time that we look in the scriptures, whatever God did, guess what? We can call on that story and make it our own. Are you ready to make this story yours? And to say, Lord, the way that you were faithful you're going to be faithful again. The way you led by the front, the way that you were always visible, the way that you were always clear, the way that you made things always known. Isn't it amazing that God can still do that today? Well, this is what Nehemiah does. Nehemiah faces a great challenge. He has to rebuild the walls. And he's receiving attacks from all sides because no one wants him to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah is facing... Conflicts and trouble and problems, not just from external forces, he's facing it internally within the walls from the workers and from the people and he doesn't have the resources and sometimes they just don't want to work. Sometimes they're afraid and they're paying attention more to rumors than they are to truth and there are so many instances in which the enemy tries to take out Nehemiah altogether and yet through all of this, Nehemiah keeps saying, Lord, bless the work of my hands. Through all of this, he says, God, in the same way that you were present and faithful for all those years leading your people by the cloud and by the fire, can you do that again for me? Can you pray that for yourself today? Where is it that you need the cloud? Where is it that you need the fire? Where is it that you need God to lead you from the front? Are are you waiting for something to change in our economy before things get better for you? Are you waiting for a job opportunity to be better than the one you have? Are you waiting for a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend who becomes a husband or a wife Are you waiting for someone or something instead of letting God lead you from the front? You see, any time you let something else lead you, you are not following the cloud. You're not following the fire. You're following your desire. You're following your want. You're following a belief in a system, and you're believing in a world instead of putting all of your faith and trust in the guidance of God. You see, when you make the shift, you stop depending, believing, and relying on the events of this world to be different for you, and you realize that wherever you need to be let out of, whatever you need to be led towards, whatever victory you need to have in this life, God can give it to you because that's what God does. He leads you into his promises. Believe that for yourself today. Put your faith and trust in God. Believe that he is leading your decisions. But do it by obedience. Obedience to God leading all the way. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. give You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening, and God bless you immensely.